0: This is the Wealthability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright. Welcome to the Wealthability Show for CPAs, where we're always discovering how to build better clients, a better practice, and a better life. I'm Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of the Wealthability Network. During the pandemic, we've started doing some things remotely that we might otherwise have done in person with our clients and with our staff, and it's been a challenge for a lot of firms. Um, How do we work uh, with our clients when we can't be face-to-face with them? Um, How do we deal with it if we've got paper files? How do we deal with our staff, and how do we maintain relationships when we can't see eye to eye, at least not in person. So today, what we're going to discuss is how to build a remote practice. How to build a remote practice. I think that that's a very important topic um, for right now because while some of you are thinking, I can't wait to get back to the office, and and, and you've got employees that can't wait to get back together, and you've got clients clamoring to come see you, There's just as many of us that are going, well, wait a minute, this works. Why do I have to go in the office? Why do I have to have office space that is costing me thousands of dollars a month? Or could I have a smaller office space than I have now? So what I wanna explore today is how to run that remote office. Um, I've been building, buying, selling CPA firms for 25 years. Okay, I started my first CPA firm in 1985. And what I found over the years, by accident actually, was that remote work with a client can actually be much more efficient than face-to-face. Now, let me explain. When you're face-to-face with a client, you get a great connection. That you can feel the energy, you can laugh, you can share stories. And it's not quite the same doing it over video conferencing. However, it is more efficient, okay? I absolutely promise you, it's way more efficient. So you can actually handle more clients in less time, or you can just work less time. Now, you do have to pay more attention to your clients, right? Because they're not just coming in, they're not dropping in, they're not, you, know, you don't have this casual relationship with them, it's a much more formal relationship with them. So you need to make sure that you're calling them on a regular basis. I will tell you, when I make those calls and I do that regularly, I don't charge for those calls. I charge for consulting, I charge for tax returns, I charge for planning. Um, I always tell my clients how much I'm gonna charge, how long it's gonna take, what it's gonna cost, when they're gonna have to pay, how much, et cetera. Okay, I, I think being vague about billing is one of the worst things we do as a profession. And we do it a lot. All right. And, you know, we do it a lot. So we've all done it. And, um, and then the other thing that I think we do, um, we tend to do is forget about our clients. We wait for them to call us. And I think that's also a mistake. I think we need to be assertive in calling them. Now they need to be comfortable calling us. So when I have a client send me a quick email or call me, I, I frankly, I never bill. I, I put that into, I build that into my Hourly rate, that I'm going to have actually quite a bit of time I don't bill for, quite a bit, um, because I do a lot of research on um, tax laws that is not specific to a client. I do a lot of rec- I do a lot of reading of new laws. I mean, you know, any of you who follow me at all know that I read the tax laws as they're being proposed, and then every day I'm reading what's going on in the tax world. I don't bill clients for that, I, I, I don't have a charge that says, time for me learning the law. I don't do that, okay, but I do have a, an hourly fee that represents that time. All right, so I'm not charging $200 an hour, okay, for my time, because my time includes, the reason that I that, that my billing rate is higher than a lot of CPAs, and my clients know this, Um, They know what my billing rate is. The reason it's higher is because I'm much more efficient. And the reason I'm more efficient is because they do more studying, okay? So their overall charge is no more than some other CPA that has spent a whole lot of time researching something every time they look something up. So I feel like, I I find that um, my fees are actually very efficient. And I think the clients really appreciate that. Plus they don't wanna be nickel and dimed. Nobody likes that right and you want to know if you're going to get charged you want to know how much when you're going to have to pay for it and you know how many hours all of that you want to know that your clients want to know that so part of working remotely is having a relationship with your clients that is well defined and that's one of the big mistakes we make as CPAs tax advisors or accountants is we do not define our relationship we do not define our expectations When we define our expectations, for example, now my clients all have my cell phone number. They do. They also never call it. Why is that? Because I rarely can answer it. So if they call and leave a message, then they know what's gonna happen is my assistant Irene is gonna get on the phone or email and she's gonna set up a time for us to talk. So most of the time what they do is they just call Irene in the first place and they schedule a time with me. Now, that's more efficient for me. It's way more efficient for them. There's no phone tag. There's no you're it, you know, none of that tag you're it stuff. And you get to be a lot more efficient with your time so that you can have more time for your family, more time for your practice, and frankly, more time for your clients. Now, how do you end up? How do you work remotely? So we had to learn this because about 20 years ago, actually, it's almost 20 years, um, I added a, I acquired a practice and one of the clients was a fellow by the name of Robert Kiyosaki. And you all know him for Rich Dad, Poor Dad because that is the best-selling personal finance book of all time, right? Um, many, 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 millions of copies are sold every single year. Um, It was number one bestseller on the New York Times for six years in a row, okay? I mean, it holds the record. They actually kicked him off when he's still the bestseller, right? That's how popular that book is. Well, a number of years ago, um, after we got to know each other, we started traveling together and we would travel all over the world. He'd talk about finance, personal finance, and I would talk about taxes. And we still do that. Okay, Robert's a great friend of mine. He and his wife, Kim, are amazing people and have done really more for the personal finances of the world than most, um, than, you know, uh, most thousand financial planners combined. Right? I mean, it's just, they've done that much for the world. Well, what happens is, is you know, I obviously get a lot of credibility from him, and then of course, we have a very specific message about tax laws being incentives. And tax laws are a good thing, not a bad thing. They're not something to be afraid of. They're something to embrace. And of course, I wrote a book called Tax-Free Wealth, and that book has been extraordinarily popular. And uh, we're we're the best-selling book on Amazon on taxes and we have been for many, many years. So what happens is we travel and people read the book. They want our services. Well, my partner and I used to have a fairly sizable CPA firm. And they would come to us and want our services. Well, they'd come to us from, you know, we're in Arizona. They'd come to us starting from California. Then they were coming to us from Texas. Then they're coming to us from, from uh, uh, Oregon. Then they're coming to us from Wisconsin. They're coming to us from New York. And then they're coming to us from Florida. So they're literally coming from every state, which was fine with me because actually I taught multi-state taxes at Arizona State University. So pretty comfortable from a technical standpoint, but they're all over. So how do you deal with that? Well, paper wasn't gonna cut it, literally. Paper wasn't gonna cut it. So what we did was we developed, um, we were one of the early adopters of um, putting everything paperless and everything online. Now, hopefully you're you're all paperless. I hope you are, it's so much more efficient, so much more effective. Um, What I love about it is, first of all, it's very secure. You do it done right, you're uploading to a portal and they're downloading draft documents etc they're uploading their their documents like their tax documents financial documents you're downloading them to you're downloading them into your system so it very becomes very very secure nobody's walking around carrying paper files nobody can come in and steal them nobody can take them out of your car okay had that happen once got them back but that's a scary thing okay and there's a lot of risk there that was many many years ago fortunately um, but I learned a lesson right don't be leaving client files in the car. Okay, now I can't because you know the client files are not even on my laptop, right? So I have no client files on my laptop. So even if I had my laptop with me, nobody would have access, right? Because they'd have to be able to get into the system and it's very secure. And I think most of you are probably doing that. Well, what's the advantage then from working with the, with the clients remotely? It means that you can have something up on your screen and look at it together. You can do a video conference and you can share your screen and you can be looking at stuff where they can share their screen or you can be on um, uh, you know, QuickBooks Online or Xero or whatever and you're actually looking at things together and you can actually walk them through what you want to do online. You can even use whiteboard, right? You can even, even be drawing it. I have this giant whiteboard that's right next to me here. And this giant whiteboard is how I do my training for our clients, okay? I don't just do training for other CPAs, I do training for our clients. And I do it on a whiteboard. Um, you can do it on an iPad, right? You can, you can draw. So there's a lot of great benefits to working remotely. And one of them, of course, is it's very efficient. Now you lose a little bit of the personal contact, the, the energy from them, but you, what you gain is a lot of time. It's very efficient. Just make sure that you're, as I said before, you're staying in contact with the clients. So if a client sends you an email about something, make sure that then you follow up and have the conversation with them. Okay, now what I do is, my clients all have my cell phone number, but they don't often call it because what they're gonna do is, so they're, they know that they're, it's easier to get me and is, is the best way to get a hold of me is to schedule something with my assistant Irene. They all know Irene. And so um, that's how we do things. So I, I get um, meetings scheduled. We start on a time, we end on time. They know exactly what to expect. Now that's the key. The key to your client relationships is ex- setting the expectations and maintaining them. So if you say that you're going to get back to them within one business day, you have to do that every time. If you say, I'm probably not gonna get back to you until one business day, then you can't be getting back to them every five minutes because then they'll be come to expect every five minutes. So you, you really have it's really up to you to set the expectations because otherwise you're trying to meet the expectations of all these different clients. You've got hundreds of clients. How are you ever gonna know what their expectations are unless you set the expectations? Now when you do that, it makes it life easier for them as well. Simple rules that we have. Um, When Irene schedules a call, either we're calling into my conference line if if I'm gonna have more than one other person on the call or they're calling my cell phone. That's it. Um, It is really rare that it's me calling them. And with a client, it's never me calling them because that's just our rules of engagement. So you you do have to set rules of engagement when you're working remotely, much more so than when you're working in person. Now, what about, let's talk about staff. I checked my time. How do we work with staff remotely? Now, this has been new for most of us. Um, Now, I've been working remotely for many, many years, okay? And the reason I work remotely is because my partners over the years have asked me to work remotely because I tend to interfere, I do. Uh, I I know some of you, some of you know know who you are, you tend to interfere as well, and you really should not be going in the office, or at least not very often. You should have a professional manager managing your practice. Now, that could be a partner, it is in my case, okay, or it can be an employee, a director-level employee. But you need to have, if you're not a natural manager, which I'm not at all, okay, I'm a natural entrepreneur, I enter into a market and disrupt it. That's what I do, that's what I do for a living. So, I'm not good at managing, okay? Keeping things level, not my thing, right? Let's see if I can get my hands up, right? Keeping it level like that, nope, not my thing. I tend to, you know, kind of go like this, and, and I, I disrupt things. So I purposely don't go in the office. Um, right now I'm not going in at all because I'm susceptible to this horrible virus. Um, but even when we don't have a virus, I'm not going to the office. I, in fact, I don't even ha- I have an office, but it's really our conference room. So um, that's me. Now, during this crisis, we actually sent all of our staff home. Now we could do that because we work remotely with all of our clients, even the local ones okay so it was really easy to adapt to this crisis really easy now when you're when you have staff that are home and i know a lot of you have done this and i i I'm just pleased this punch when i hear this from our members that you need to stay in touch with them this like this is what i was saying with the clients when you're working remotely with the clients you can have shorter conversations but they need to be more frequent once again When you're working remotely with clients, you can have shorter conversations, but they need to be more frequent. The same is true with staff, okay? You can have shorter conversations, but they need to be to the point, and they need to be more frequent. Now there needs to be some casual conversation, and you can do chats and stuff like that, right? I mean, everybody knows how to do those things. So that's really simple. Is it as good as being in the office? My staff says no they would prefer to be in the office. And so as soon as they've been able to come back, they've come back to the office. And we're you know, we're trying to protect them and everything, but there really are, they would prefer to work together. So one of the challenges, of course, with the staff is how do you get them to work together? And this can be a real issue, um, in part because CPA firms tend, um, we tend to work in silos, right? We'll have this, partner or this manager with their silo of clients, and they do things one way, and it's different than how the other partners and managers do things. So when every firm that I've purchased, built, etc., cetera, we've always done one thing, and that is we've established the rules, and we are adamant about following the rules. Now what are rules? Rules are just policies, procedures, um, systems, but we always follow the rules. And if somebody doesn't follow the rules, then we have a conversation. If That could be a review note in a tax return, or a financial statement, okay, or um, you know some communication, it can be some kind of review. What we don't do is correct ourselves and send off without letting the staff know. It's critical, if you're going to build a tight organization, and one where you can have staff working remotely. We have, um, for example, WealthAbility, one of our salespeople um, lives in Minnesota. That has for years, okay, and I started here, but he lives in Minnesota. We have a customer service rep um, that, um, you know, we, our customer service reps from time to time have lived out of, out of state for quite some time. We have not been in the office together. So how do we do that? Well, again, frequency of contact is important. But also, establishing the team environment right up front is essential. And what my partner has been able to do, and I take absolutely zero credit for this, except that I've been really good at staying out of the way. Okay, I stay out of the way. When it comes to management, I stay out of the way. Why, because my partner's better at it. I hired her, I brought her in for exactly that reason. Okay, I've been doing this for 40 years. I know I have a pretty good idea of what I'm good at and a pretty good idea of what my weaknesses are and I do not try to compensate for my weaknesses. I don't. I don't believe in working on my weaknesses. I believe on working on my strengths and taking my weaknesses and letting somebody else do it when it's their strength, okay? You will end up with a much better result. So she's very good at this. She brings the team together. But our team, um, you know, I've mentioned this before on this podcast that we don't give individual bonuses. We give team bonuses. So your, your financial structure with your firm needs to match what you're trying to accomplish. Now, I don't think money is a real good indicator of behavior or it's, I don't think it's a huge incentive. Now it is in certain areas. I think taxes, it tends to be a big incentive. I think that um, you certainly can disincentivize somebody by not having them make enough money or making way too much money, right? But if you're within a, a really a good range and you know what that range is, then you don't have to worry too much about money. And our goal has always been take money off the table with our staff. We just want money off the table. And we can do that because A, we're very efficient with our client work B, we have really good clients who know exactly what to expect from us. And um, C, we, we, we have very standardized processes. So it makes means that everybody can do exactly the same thing. A little pause here. Okay, everybody can do exactly the same thing. See, we're at about minute 20 here. Um, everybody can, can Everybody can, can do things the same way. Now, we're gonna give them flexibility, but the reality is I want my work papers to look the same for every single client, every single tax return. An S-Corp return is an S-Corp return. A partnership return is a partnership return. I want the files organized the same way. I want the same information in there. And I want to make sure that um, anybody could come in and look at those files and say, Oh, I get exactly what's going on. So, we look at when we prepare a tax return, for example, we assume it's going to be audited. We want everything there so we don't have to worry about it. If we have an issue, we have to go back to two years ago, looking it up, piece of cake. All the documentation is there. Now, I know a lot of firms don't do that. I think that's a mistake, but we do, and we do bill for it. Okay, we do. And we let our clients know that, that why, we're not more expensive from the standpoint of our rate per hours are higher than other accountants, but we do tend to charge more because we spend more time. But we spend more time because we reduce their taxes, reduce their audit risk, and we're prepared for an audit. So what I'm saying is it's you know a combination of getting the systems and the processes down and um, regular and continuous contact with each other and with the clients and really making it a team approach. Okay, when you make it a team approach, I gotta tell you, when I talk to, to, to staff about a client, I love it. I love getting our staff together. I have n- I've never had a team like this. Honestly, I've never had a team like this. Now I have two of them, both WealthAbility and Will Wright Manhand. They're both like this. It's a very much a team-oriented culture, and we reward on team behavior, we encourage team behavior, We are not in, you know, we encourage individual thought and individual learning, but we also massively encourage group learning and group thought because we think we're gonna get better. Now, it can bog you down if everything has to be group thought, so we don't do that either, right? So there's a balance there. But remember, what we're trying to accomplish here is we're trying to do remotely what we've always done in person. And what I'm here to tell you is it is not only possible. It's effective, it's efficient, it's profitable, and in many ways, it's much, much better for our clients. Now, our staff wants to get together. They want to be there in person, and I love that. I love that they do, okay? So we're doing, you know, we, we want them to get back together. We want them to be together. We're hoping this crisis doesn't last too long because um, we do, I, I don't want to take away office space. I don't really want to do that. But we do have people who would like to re- work remotely, so I want to make sure the systems are set up so we can work remotely, make them efficient, but at the same time, make them effective. And when we do that, what well, you know, we're always getting up with better clients, a better practice, and a better life because we, we don't we can choose how much we work, right? We can choose how we behave. And and when we we set up a system to make it efficient, then we don't have to work as much. We don't have to be frustrated. Our staff doesn't get frustrated because everybody does things the same way. So I can take a tax return that's one year prepared by by Prepare A, and Prepare B has never seen that tax return, and the the next year they prepare it, and it's gonna be prepared exactly the same way, and they're gonna know exactly what to look for. That's something where you really have to be tight and require review notes, clearing review notes. Um, You you can't just change things and let them go. You can't be nice. You can't be nice. You absolutely cannot be nice. Nice stands for nothing in me cares enough. That's what nice stands for. So don't want to be nice. We can be kind and gentle about it, but don't be nice. Okay, Let's, let's care about our staff enough. Let's care about our clients enough to have frequency of interaction, to um, be forward-thinking in what we're doing with our clients, forward-thinking in how we're helping our staff, looking way down the road, instead of always looking behind us. And when we do, we'll always have way better clients, a way better practice, and a way better life. I'll see you next time. You've been listening to the WealthAbility for CPA show. Better clients, better practice, better life. To learn more, go to wealthability.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.